Hello, 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 everyone. This is Eve recording an episode of the Moon Knight. Hello, loony listeners. You're listening to Into the Night. Episode 12 of Midnight Podcast. I'm one of your enamel pins, Ray. I'm the other of your enamel pins, Connor. And this week, we're covering issue 12 of Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood, and Geordie Belair's Moon Knight volume names. Alongside the classic West Coast Avengers issue 29, volume 2. Plus, all the news that makes you fit to say, damn, that's a nice enamel pin. (laughs) So, uh... Grab your, is- uh, your issues out and get your conchu on. Hello, hello. Welcome back, loony listeners. Hello, Connor. How are you? I am doing mighty fine. It's always a good week to be back in the recording bedroom. Yes. <laughs> the booth. <laughs> the, the studio. Yeah, that's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Um... We're, we're up to issue 12 now, uh, and uh, yeah, there's no stopping the Moon Knight news train at the moment. There's a, a few things that have come in over the week, um, which um, hopefully, for all the loonies out there, uh, they can grab hold on to, um, and uh, yeah, and either speculate or, um, or add to their collection. Yeah, it's fantastic. So much yes. good stuff. The weeks just keep rolling on. It is we have we had our quiet spell a bit back, but now, luckily, Conchu has shined a light upon us, and we are fine to travel the night. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. Um, before we actually, actually, I'm going to put a bit of a spin on things, Connor. Before we Ooh. start the news, uh, I just remember because we don't have it on our notes. I wanted to gather your thoughts on. There's been a bit of a a rumor going around, or a bit of speculation going around, with the uh, the latest trailer of the Punisher, which was released over um, this week, and uh, it was a great trailer. I mean, did Fantastic. you catch that? Mm, it was really cool. It had a bit more of the military background. Uh, and in our Facebook group, one of our loonies actually posted up in there um, a bit of speculation. Um, he uh, cited a, uh, a one of the Marines, uh, and he questioned whether that could be Mark Spector. What, what, what are your thoughts, Connor? Um, I mean, I'm not sure I'm ready to say it is, but... Uh... I think uh, we'll put the still in the show notes so you can actually see what we're talking about. But, um, I mean, regardless of it is or isn't, if it is, it's a fantastic look for Mark Spector. Like, I mean, obviously we don't know his acting abilities, but uh, I do hope it is Mark Spector because, well, I want Mark Spector. But actually it really captures his uh, his look. It does, doesn't it? I mean, although he's, um, it seems that every comic book character that's translated in the Netflix universe at least um, ends up having a beard and moustache. <laughs> so, you know, Daredevil has a has a pretty heavy five o'clock shadow. Um, Danny Rand has got his, his beard and moustache as well. And, and, of course, Luke Cage. And if, if this is indeed Mark Spector, it seems that he is, um, you know, he's sporting a, a, a full-on beard and, and moustache as well. Um, I think there's a lot... A lot here that um, I guess raises some questions. Again, of course, loonies, we're we're purely just you know 
speculating. We don't know, but it is a bit of fun. Um, but uh, if it is, like, you know, they've obviously gone for an unknown actor because uh, I'm not sure if you recognise him. Do you, Connor? Not even slightly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's that angle of, uh, you know, they've gone for some unknown person. Um Possibly as a, uh, you know, to get a backdoor entrance, uh, introduction into the Netflix universe and to kind of slip under the radar of, uh, a lot of, a lot of fans and a lot of viewers kind of wondering if Moon Knight is going to be there. Um, but yeah, it does, it does question his, um, his acting ability or, you, you know, um, th- th- there's a lot of things, I, g- I guess, that, that could <laughs> prove to be a, a bit of, a few holes, I think, in this theory. But, um, but you know, it's a bit of fun. Um, and uh yeah uh, i guess we we'll have to wait and see the release date um has now been announced isn't that right november 17 november 17 okay so yeah a good a good 10 days or so after the release of moon knight um uh, bemis's run so yeah fun times ahead um you know both in the comic book world and and on screen um, so anyway, I, I just wanted to kind of get that one out of the way. Um, like Connor said, we'll put the, the still in our show notes and you can judge for yourself. <laughs> um, so we let's let's look at, at this week's news, Connor. Um, um, I, I, I'll just actually, uh, before oh, yes. we move on yep. to uh, news, I'll, I want to give a shout out to a past uh, alumni of um, Moon Knight, mm-hmm. Declan Shelby, released uh, a written comic this week, uh, Deadpool vs. Old Man Logan. With art by um, Mike Henderson and uh, art by Luffridge, I think. Um, did you read it, Ray? No, I haven't. I've heard a lot of things about it on Twitter, and I've seen the cover and I think one preview page, but no, I haven't. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I really loved it. It was a, you know, this is I think third foray into writing by um no I think it'd be fourth with Shalvi with uh, writing a choosing sides Civil War two tie in a. I believe he wrote in the Venomverse War stories his own graphic novel. Um, uh, Savage, Savage, Savage Town? Town. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> jumped in my head. It was Shelby Town. Um, <laughs> and now this is his uh, fourth. It's a five-part miniseries, and I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I love it. It's sort of my crazy, ridiculous kind of superhero humor. Like the first three pages are, you know, Deadpool and Logan having cars and tanks chucked at them that they can just keep <laughs> crawling out of. You know. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, art by Mike Henderson is fantastic. It's got a parent advice, so there's a nice bit of a Deadpool, uh, uh, Logan carving up the, some fools with his great claws. I, th- oh, I thought wow. it was fantastic. I mean, comedy is subjective, but it's at least worth a bit of a look. Okay. I thought it was fantastic. And, and uh, I, I take it with Deadpool and Old Man Logan, it's quite, uh, could be quite graphic, is it? Or Not this issue, but I feel like we're okay. setting up for something. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And this no, okay. is the uh, dis- uh, despicable Deadpool at the moment. You know, he's he's gone back to his evil ways. Yeah, I'm. I've been really enjoying Deadpool actually lately. Um, yeah, the despicable one, the uh, the leg- legacy re- release um, issue. I read that not that long ago. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. He pops up also in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Jerry Duggan, obviously. Yeah. An alumni uh, of Deadpool, uh, but yeah, oh great! I've definitely got to check it out then. Um, and of course, Declan Shelby, the connection to Moon Knight. Um, yep, I'm, I'm as good as in. All right, awesome. Yeah, that was just a quick bit. Now on to the news. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, definitely the um, 
the first bit of news we got uh, was an announcement of uh, the solicitations, I guess, for, for January. Uh, a whole list of, as, as expected, Marvel titles, uh, and one of them being Moon Knight 191, and we were, were given a bit of, um, I'm assuming it's cover art. Uh, yeah, of, I think so. Mm, of Moon Knight, uh, again, the mysterious red-headed woman. Uh, it reminded me, actually, this picture reminded me a lot of... Um, the American artwork, uh, the American Gothic, um, with, uh, I'm not sure if it has any connection to it, but it's the elderly uh, couple, um, like a farmer and a farmer's wife, uh, standing, he's holding a pitchfork, um, and it, and they're standing in front of, I guess, your, your typical American country house. Um, but in this Moon Knight cover, we have Moon Knight holding a moon staff, which I think you've coined, Connor. Um <laughs> And oh, wow, that is it. Yeah, that is it. I, I didn't catch that with the art. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know if it's meant to be any nod to it or not. I um, think definitely. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, because the slight differences, I'm, I'm, uh, slight differences obviously being the characters, but in the background, the house is on fire. Um, can only be, I guess, from the sun, the sun king, the sun god. Um, and again, the mysterious woman, she has a very, uh, shocked, you know, almost terrified look on her face. Uh, what do you make of this, Connor? Um, I think, um, definitely the house is very symbolic, especially on fire. And I think, you know, this is a house, you know, based off the American Gothic. So this is, you know, this house really screams sort of out in the country. This isn't Midtown New York. I really think um, this red-headed woman who seems to be uh, investigating our boy in white has something to do with the truth, whether she was once or will be a... It wasn't an emissary or whatever the moon night is called. can't think of the word. Um... Uh, or may- she's had ties to the, uh, the sun god, maybe been a big part of her life, but I think definitely she is the tie to the sun king that Moon Knight needs to take him down. And this woman look- uh, looking into Moon Knight probably has more ties than she expected. Right. Going from the shock face. Yeah, yeah. I um, I can't help but think, uh, you know, off the back of the discussions in our Facebook group, uh, Into the Night... Uh, and the, the, the homely house in the background being burnt down, um, the title Crazy Runs in the Family, that there's some sort of, yeah, there's some sort of connection or relation. Maybe she, she is related to Moon Knight. Um, yeah. And, uh, and from what I take it, you know, the, the symbolism of, of this cover, obviously the Sun, the Sun King has um, decimated their family, the family home. Um, oh, yeah. Mm, so it's like an attack, an all-out attack on um, on the spectres, so to speak. Um, so Moon Knight and and his family, and uh, yeah, I'm starting to wonder more and more if this red-headed um, lady is a is a family relative of Mark. Uh, it just seems to I don't know insinuate it to me. Um, if we are to look at this as like a, a American Gothic kind of thing, not to say that she's his wife. Um, because of the American Gothic, Gothic, I think it's husband and wife. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't shake that feeling that she's maybe the daughter or the cousin or, or something. Mm. Mm. It's, um, in, in any case, it's again another showcase of Jason Burroughs' art. And, uh, what I really like about it is, uh, again, you know, we've had differing opinions, um, from loonies about Moon Knight's all white attire. <laughs> But um, I think I think it's cool. Uh, again, but we we get here um, the moon, a moon staff. Um, 
Um, but what I like from Jason Burroughs is, is actually his artwork on the the mysterious redheaded lady. Yes. Her face is really, really um, expressive. Um, yeah, and I think there's you know it's not over detailed. It, it, it's yeah, it's quite quite nice. Yeah, and I think um, to add a bit more to this fire, um, let's actually read the solicitation. Crazy runs in the family, part four. Sun King and Bushman hit Mark Spector where it hurts the most. Jake Lockley's dark secret revealed. Okay, so what can we make of this then? Mm. I think uh, the second dot point gives a lot of validity to your statement that. Yes. Possibly, you know. That maybe Jake Lockley. Is... Yeah, he may have had a um, a child along the way, somewhere, <laughs> and it's being revealed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, again, I guess the first point: Sun King and Bushman hit Mark Spector where it hurts the most. Would that not be the family home? Or, 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 oh, you know, yeah. Um, uh, basically, you know, home is where the heart is. So uh, maybe, you know, even, oh, I don't know, who, who knows? They could, <laughs> they, they could just be talking about Marlene and, and Frenchie and, and Samuels and all that. So um, mm, not much is revealed, but, it, but we do know it's a part four. So this arc, um, you know, hopefully we'll stretch to. I do like the I do like the six issue arcs. Mm. I find them quite good. Four four issues tend to wrap up for me quite quickly. I think we discussed this before as well. But unless it's done really well, it can really seem like um, uh, like nothing like nothing much has happened. Like you, you can you can either develop it a lot and then it kind of fizzle, fizzles out towards the end. So hopefully six issues is um is what this one will be. Um. Yeah. So that was. Yeah. Uh. Any other thoughts on that one, Connor? No, I think uh, I think you've pat- uh, particularly covered it. I think um definitely leaning more to your your side of the discussion. I think um yeah, it's really exciting the fact that Bushman's just here all of a sudden. Like these these solicitations. This is probably the most the solicitations have given away. Like the previous three have given none of whatever is going on. And how many strings are going to be pulled to get Moon Knight versing this full-on gauntlet is very exciting. Mm. And I think, you know, basically what you're saying as well, I think there's a lot of validity in that as well. It's, it's almost like a combination of both, because she has been tracking and following Moon Knight. Um, but that could mean that, yeah, she, she's probably discovered that she's she may be related to him, so that's where her interest lies in, in kind of following him and, and having, you know, all the photos of him and, um, you know... Uh, the cape, which we saw in one of the panels, um, so yeah, it definitely could um, it could speak to to both of our um, our thoughts on it. Um, the only thing I will say is I don't. I think I think this cover especially calls that I don't believe this is um, Scarlet Fascinera. I think definitely seems either a relative or some way, and I think Scarlet Fascinera would be a lot older than the woman on the cover. Yeah, she definitely has a younger face, uh, which mm. is uh, really well drawn again. Um, so she, yeah. Is younger. It may even rule out uh, Amut as well, like Doctor Emmett. Yeah, um, yeah. Again, she appeared to be an older woman, like probably the same uh, around the same age as Mark. Um, but uh, this mysterious lady, uh, obviously, she she does look younger. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Good pick up there. Uh, so we're whittling it down. We'll. We'll. <laughs> we'll We'll know by um you know by November eight when basically it comes out. So two weeks time, can you believe it? I know how cool how cool is that. Um, moving along, we have our second bit of news, um, and 
this is great. I love finding news which is varied, you know, not mm. only just in the comics world, but also in, in the TV, in the film and stuff. Um, our, we got a, an, a release by Destructo Disc Designs again. They've re-released um, Moon Knight clothing, um, which turned out to be uh, the real release of the hoodie, which was released in July earlier this year. But they've also released a, um, a shirt version of the, of the design. Um, so for one week only, um, from the 20th to the 27th of October, so loonies, we're going to have to act fast if you want them, uh, they will release... Uh, there was a whole a whole array of designs, weren't there, Connor? It was mm. actually... It was hard to actually choose what not to get. Um, so uh, with Destructo Disc Designs, with, with Moon Knight, they've also advertised as a re-release of Iron Fist, um, which was a, a hoodie, uh, which was his uh, his gold and white um, costume. And uh, and the re-release of uh, Robbie Reyes' uh, Ghost Rider, which is bloody awesome, I must say. That design of... Um, it's so simple, but it's actually immediately... Um, for, for comic fans, I think, it's immediately recognisable, mm, which is... The, it's a great costume, yeah. And it kind of implies, um, like in the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show, how Robbie wore a, a hoodie underneath the leather jacket. So it, it is a hoodie, um, but it kind of combines both of those... Um, you know, aspects from the, the actual costume into one, which is really good. But apart from that, there's a whole lot of, I think, Spider-Man designs. Uh, and X-Man, also Iron Fist. X- I think there's an Overwatch in there. Yeah, right. So plenty of stuff there. Um, can't uh, speak highly enough of, of this uh, company, Destructor Disc Designs. I, I picked up a hoodie myself in July. Um, I, I'm... Um, I could not be happier with it. It's a uh, fantastic quality. It fits really well. Um, I, I kind of I tend to have slightly longer arms than <laughs> than uh, normal people. Um, so for me, the problem's always the um, like the cufflink. You know, at the end, uh, it, it usually ends a lot shorter um, for me because I've got slightly longer arms. But um, with with this hoodie, it's uh, not a problem at all. Uh, and uh, everything else, yeah, it's, it's, it's really comfortable to wear. It's good. Will you be um, possibly uh, shipping out for a, um, a T-shirt as well? Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to. I was toying with the idea of um, getting that T-shirt. Uh, I was eyeing off the Nightcrawler hoodie and um, and also the, the Ghost Rider hoodie. Uh, but, it's geez, to have it shipped to Australia, it's expensive. Man. It's like it's... Um, you do pay an arm and a leg, so um, I think the best way, uh, Matt from our group, he mentioned, is uh, you, you just get a couple of um, like-minded people together and, and you just you just bundle all your orders together and that saves on some shipping costs at least. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hard-pressed to find someone around my area. Um, how about you, Connor? Are you uh, thinking of maybe purchasing something? Oh, I will for sure. I missed the first round, but uh, definitely be on this one. It just depends whether I go the shirt or the the hoodie. It's a, it's a tough call. It is a tough call. The hoodie is really good, though, I must mm. say. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, oh, yeah, the hoodie is really good. Um, yeah, so uh, a bit of merchandise there. It's not often um, there is much uh, in, in Moon Knight's merchandise. Uh, I've, I've been trawling through superhero stuff as well, which is one of the big uh, retailers of clothing. Uh, there's never that much on Moon Knight. Um, and yeah, most of them, what you get is uh, 
I like prints of the covers, which are pretty cool as well. But um, to have something actually specifically designed into the, the clothing is, is pretty cool. Right, yeah, yeah. You just wouldn't expect this at all. And these guys have such a great range, even if you're... You don't you don't want the Mooney hoodie. There's a thousand other things, or you know, someone who's maybe not a Moon Knight fan. I'm sure they'll have at least something. Such a wide array for kind of a small range as well, like so many different parts of comics and TV universes. Well, I mean, even if you look at um, like the Nightcrawler one or the the Kitty Pride hoodie, um, apart from the like the X symbol on the sleeve on the like the, the um at the top of the sleeve. Uh, it's a pretty ab- abstract design, and it's um, yeah. I mean, they look pretty funky, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's like not necessarily, like, it doesn't necessarily scream like you know, hey, I'm a comics fan, and this is it's, they're just pretty funky designs. So yeah, well worth it. Awesome. Uh, yeah, what do we have next here, Connor? Yeah, well, uh, the uh, Legacy Train don't stop for no one. We uh, I mean, oh my god, I think it must be nearly three to four weeks ago that we had a uh, little black and white panel of a Moon Knight kicking a face in, and now we have the full, completely coloured, probably not text, uh, lettered, sorry, again, but yeah, um, this was posted by uh, uh, Axel, 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 Axel yes. Alonso on his Axel Twitter page, um, we'll yeah. link that of course, but uh, the page is a fantastically brutal page from Moon Knight kicking in the guy's face as we've seen before. Kicking them over a table, bloody knuckles, beating someone up, and then uh, kicking someone into a into a was it the bench, and then uh, just the destroyed bar and bodies littering the ground. That's pretty cool. It's like yeah, as we saw earlier, it's so great to see it kind of you know develop from that sketch that we saw on Twitter um, all those weeks ago. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty brutal fight. Um, I love again. Again, you see a bit more of um, Moon Knight's costume. I like his forearm, um, yeah. forearm guards, and it's got the little moons on there as well. Uh, and uh, one of the takeaways here, kind of, you mentioned it over Facebook, um, and I mentioned that last week with the spike knuckles. But he doesn't have them. But geez, he gets his knuckles wet, <laughs> wet with blood, doesn't he? He he really goes at it to these um, with these thugs. And uh, he totally floors them, all four of them, um, and in pretty brutal fashion. Like we've got, um, uh, we've got him uh, bending the arm back in the in the top panel of one of the guys. Uh, actually, gives him a lot of pain. At the same time, he kicks a guy square in the face, um, and then yeah, we see blood everywhere. And then um, he kicks a guy in the throat. <laughs> so it's uh, it's typical Moon Knight fashion, which is. Um, Really, really good. And again, it's something different what we saw from um, a week ago or so where we saw that kind of dreamlike uh, page preview of the redhead lady, um, you know, in in that room full of mirrors and pictures. We get more of the action here again, which is really cool to see. Yeah, I think that was the really sort of smart part when it comes to advertising this book. You know, that preview was completely mental and they talk about um, in the interview how that first issue will just be so unlike you know, anything you've seen before, and it sort of sets up the run in a very weird way. So this was a good way to advertise the action scenes as well and just sort of show, you know, the duality of what this crazy title will be. And um, I love... Yeah, I do love this. I love this costume. I love... It also seems very symbolically white. Like, this whole arc is about someone pulling Moon Knight from the shadows, you know, the Sun King burning away the shadows and, you know, here's Moon Knight in all white without any shadow fighting in 
a very lit bar. It's sort of, I mean, who knows if that's what they're going for, but if they are, that really does sort of come across to me as, you know, this is this is Moon Knight sort of a troubled hour, and this is the second issue after possibly a big fight in the first one. Mm. You know. it's, it, yeah, that's a good, it's a good point, because um, it was just earlier today, um, I think I mentioned before to you, Connor, maybe off, off air, but yeah, I was, I was reading through Houston's run again, and it, it's such a it's such a contrast with it because, uh, as you mentioned, uh, with the shadows in the Houston run, at least he's he's hidden in the shadows. It's all about the sh- it's all about him kind of coming out of the dark, and and it's all very dark and um, and kind of gloomy and grim. Uh, over here, yeah, you're right. He's totally white, uh, and it's it's in broad. Yeah, it's it's in broad view of everyone what he's doing. So it's a very different take that uh, I guess Bemis is um, is given mo- this iteration of Moon Knight. But um, yeah, it's it's exciting, and and we still, I mean, of course, it's everyone's opinions as well. We still get fans that kind of say, oh well, uh, I still prefer you know the black mask and and to have a bit of black, a bit of contrast. I think that was Dylan from um, our Facebook group, and and that's fair because you know you, you're as a fan. You, your, you have your favourite favourite bits and you're used to things. Um, I myself as well, like I, I do like the the black mask, but I'm totally on board for for seeing how this kind of plays out. Because apart from the '90s vision, I don't think we've ever had a pure white, like you know, um, uh, superhero. Was uh, the Phantom ma- Rider a superhero? I only know. I think it was. Like, yeah, I think it's more of a, a villain, right? Yeah, I thought so as well. He uh he kind of assaulted uh, Mockingbird, mm. yeah, um, and I guess you can say Mister Mister Knight is all in white, which is um, which is recent as well. But um, yeah, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Um, any any other details there, Connor, that you can maybe pick up from? No, from I that? think we'll leave it in the show notes for you guys to see yourself. But yeah, no, it's a very very brutal from the man who drew crossed. Yeah, do, do you reckon these guys are just um, just troublemakers, or uh, or they would they be hired by the Sun King? I, I can't think these see guys them. would be um, hired by the Truth. Actually, I feel oh, like the Truth. Yes, more than likely, you know, he seems much more ground level. So either they're his goons, or maybe someone in this establishment knows who the Truth is, and he's just beaten up for information. Yeah, have we seen the Truth yet? Um, no, nope, not a single no, not- picture. No, because the the Moon Knight uh, one eighty eight cover um, has got. I'm assuming that's a Sun King on top of the. Mm, I think the, so as well. Yeah, um, like in that that little in the distance. Yeah, and then and then we got that other picture of um, the bearded fella, um, which we you know with the fire, so it can only be the Sun King. Yeah, so interesting. Hmm, I'm not sure who this truth will be. Um, and uh, the final bit of news that we've got. Um, it came actually very recently. I think it came as recent as today or yesterday. Um, I just happened to be going through Twitter, and uh, and Mondo Tees, which is a, a great another great company that supplies a lot of pop culture stuff. Um, more notably, they released the vinyl versions of the soundtracks to Netflix The Defenders. So um, I, I believe also Iron Fist vinyl is available now as well. I saw Claire from The Defenders post up that she's got all four of them, which is whoop, whoop. really, really good. Sorry? No, just 
Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, they they sell a lot of stuff from soundtracks to posters to you know. Um, I'm not sure if they do clothing, but they've released some enamel pins for Marvel Knights, and um, I think these these are the first two that have come out because they're still only for pre-order. It's a Moon Knight enamel pin and a Ghost Rider enamel pin, so they both look pretty cool. Um, they I think they fetch for I think this is US dollars. Uh, they they fetch for ten ten dollars US $10 for one. Each or, yep. Yeah, ten dollars each or fifteen dollars for both of them. So. Cracking um, good deal. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's still pre-order um, from the the um, the link that I saw. But uh, if you get your your orders in, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. Do you collect many enamel pins or um, or buttons, Connor? Um, I haven't done much collecting before, but I'm more than happy to start collecting them now. I think it's a really cool choice. Like, I mean, once again, I've had no experience with Mondo, but it's cool to pull out two characters like Moon Knight. And uh, Ghost Rider, two you know fairly, un you know, unused uh, heroes in terms of collectibles and figures, and releasing them out, real cool. Yeah, no, it was very good indeed. So, um, yeah, so Lenny's, we got uh, a bit of news for for Moon Knight merchandise, uh, a bit of news on the comics as well, but uh, it's been pretty a pretty good week for news, uh, I'd say. Fantastic week. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, how about, uh, unless there's anything else, Connor? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, the Twitter, Twitter sphere, a lot of people have been, uh, reading over issues and whatnot and have been, uh, singing its praises. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just more, just more, more sort of, I guess, I mean, trust at your leisure, but, I mean, yeah. if you do, you know, there's a lot of praise and I'm just builds up the excitement every time you log on to see some new form of tra- uh, praise. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's really good, good indeed. Okay, well, I guess um, that wraps up the news segment. Um, we can move on to our next, which, as usual, is Over the Moon. And uh, for Over the Moon, uh, for those who have been listening to us uh, the last week or so, they know that we've actually introduced a um, a bit of a spin on uh, on the bare bones, which is the synopsis for our reviews uh, this week. Last week, we had the great pleasure of John Harrison from the Defenders TV podcast narrating uh, both comic books that we were reviewing, which was Lemire's Part 2 of 5 of um, Death and Birth, and it was, oh, I'm almost blanking, it was, um, oh, it was The Defenders, um, number 47, which was uh, one of the earlier runs there um, by John Warner. Um, we now have a um, another surprise narrator, Connor, um, but actually before we get into who that is... Uh, I thought we'd just do a quick recap of um, where we were last from from Lemire's death and birth. So, um, would you be so kind, Connor, There's a, a, to recap us with what happens up to this point? Following a confrontation with his alternate identities, in which they seemed to disappear for good, Mark realised that the final step to becoming whole again was to kill Konshu. 
Even with this measure of closure, Mark's past, his history of hospitalisation for mental illness and dishonourable discharge from the Marines follows him. Before finding Conchu, Mark went to reclaim his friend Crawley from the god Anubis. But Anubis required a trade, sending Mark to rescue his wife, Anput, from the dangerous overvoid, where Mark was immediately thrown in jail. He discovered Anput was locked up too, but before they could plan an escape, Mark was taken from his cell to execution. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was where we left it. Um... So we'll now pass it on to our guest narrator to uh, give us the bare bones and the details for this next part. Um, and I'd like to welcome Eve, who is uh, who is uh, my partner, and um, she assures me she's an award-winning narrator. So I, uh, <laughs> I've got plenty of faith in her. So um, yep. Well, Eve, can you please take it away? Moon Knight, Volume 8, Issue 12 Death and Birth, Part 3 of 5 Released on the 1st of March 2017 The writer Jeff Lemire Artist Greg Smallwood Colorist Georgie Belair Letterer Corey Petit Editor Jake Thomas And cover artist Greg Smallwood Mr. Knight lies helpless on a sacrificial altar in a place elsewhere. He is to be a sacrifice and an example to others of what it means to divide the overvoid. The bloodthirsty crowd cry for a slow and painful death and the executioner is all too happy to comply. Suddenly, just as the knife is to be brought down on Mr. Knight, a flurry of crescent darts disable the executioner and his man. The darts are thrown by classic Moon Knight, perched high in the temple, and the announcement of his arrival heralds new hope. Moon Knight breaks Mr. Knight free of his bond, and the pair set themselves to face the onslaught ahead. Beyond the overvoid, and in a time long past, Mark Spector finds himself in Saudi Arabia, tracking down a drug dealer known as The Wolf. Spector makes short work of infiltrating the underground hideout, and after neutralizing a few of The Wolf's men, manages to capture the drug baron and ready him for extraction. Spectre takes the wolf forcibly and leads him towards their waiting chopper, with Frenchie at the helm. As they make their return towards their as yet unnamed employer, the wolf exchanges some words with Spectre, and in doing so, appears to look into Spectre's soul. His summation of Spectre's character cuts too close to the bone. Meanwhile, back at the Overvoid, Moon Knight and Mr. Knight continue to fight for their freedom against the inhabitants of the strange land. They aren't alone for long, however, and around the corner, Stephen Grant appears with Unput in tow. Grant has freed Unput, and alongside Moon Knight and Mr. Knight, 
Their strength in numbers galvanizes them together. With Anput's godly stature, she urges the bloodthirsty crowd to revolt against the overvoid gods. As the tide begins to turn, space pilot Mark arrives to join the fray. With all of Moon Knight's personalities now reunited, the group make a hasty exit towards Mark's Moonjet. It's not long before they leave the Overvoid behind and, across space and time, finally reach Anubis and Crawley who have been waiting for them on Anubis's raft. Anput is returned to Anubis, her husband, and acknowledging the agreement they previously made, Anubis returns Crawley's soul to Mr. Knight. As Anubis takes Crawley and Mr. Knight back to the real world, Mr. Knight's other personalities, Jake Lockley, dressed as Moon Knight, Stephen Grant and Space Pilot Mark, thank Mr. Knight and leave him. They wish them well and reassure Mr. Knight that they will always be with him when he needs them. Returning to the past in our reality, we see Mark Spector and Frenchie in Cairo ready to deliver the wolf to their employer. Rahim, one of Mark and Frenchie's fellow mercenaries, commends the pair for bringing the wolf in and offers them another job. This time, a job that their boss wants them to handle personally. Frenchie is hesitant, but Mark is curious and allows Rahim to lead them to their employer's bunker, ignoring Frenchie's concerns. When they open the door to greet him, they see Bushman before them, complete with hideous face paint, sharp gold teeth and all. Great, thank you. That was a, a really cool rendition of um, what's happened with Death and Birth, Part 3 of 5 by Lemire. Um, wow, it's, uh, we're really kind of getting in there, Connor, with, with, um, with this arc. Uh, what are your first thoughts? Uh, this issue made me so bloody happy. <laughs> every, <laughs> uh, we'll get to our aspects, but every time there was a reveal, a helping hand, you might say, in every part of this, I was just uh, just gleaming with delight. You know, it was a it was a really it was a really happily emotional issue, I guess. In a in the middle of a in the middle of a fight, and there was a an amazing f- uh, flashback. Yes, and and with that, um, with what I assume you're alluding to, Connor, with uh, you know helping hands and stuff, it it kind of ties back to that previous arc, right? Where it, it was almost um, the previous previous arc being uh, incarnations, where we saw all of Mark's personalities. I saw this as a as another step forward and 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 like a development. Yeah, for sure. You know, we definitely. It's almost sort of a. You know, we know where this flashback ends, and we're sort of creeping towards that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, how about one of your first aspects, Connor? All right. Um, uh, actually, if you don't mind, I'd like to start with uh, with uh, one of your big ones. Yeah, sure. Um, that is uh something that made me so happy with uh Mark's personalities working together. 
Mm, yeah, definitely. And uh, so this is what we were kind of alluding to with incarnations. It was it was great to see that um, when Mark was at his, uh, you know, most troubled, uh, we we tend to, we we got the reveals, and I really love the um, the first reveal of the classic Moon Knight. Um, he's high up in the temples, and and Greg Smallwood gives him a, a good three quarters of the page. Oh um, yeah. Standing and that it's just great and 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 having looking at that and and what we said before he's it's all in white as well he's uh it's got the white mask and everything so uh yeah speaking very much to how Bemis um mm. and and Jason Burroughs uh, depicts him later on but yeah uh this was a big part I think of the story about them working together and for them to be so um, dysfunctional up to this point. Um, to the point at the end of incarnations, um, Mark, you know, I think as we mentioned before, absorbs them um, back into his psyche and, and tries to integrate them all together. Um, it's good to see that <laughs> that's not the that's not the case. These personalities are as strong as ever, um, but there seems to be more of a harmony between them all. Yeah, it seemed like that trip inside all of them sort of understood where they all where they all stood, brought them closer together. Um Steven Steven comes running out as his closest friend, uh, Moon Knights slash I guess Jake Lockley in this scenario as well from what we saw from the previous arc and you know, he seems to have no trouble wanting to save uh, Mark. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the yeah. Sorry sorry Connor. Oh um and just the uh the final reveal that uh uh Space Knight Yes, Mark. Uh, Mark Spector is still uh, still with us, actually, and still saving the day. And actually, looking at that page, if you look at the page, was page sixteen. It, in in matter of fact, it is actually identical to classical Moon Knight, the classic Moon Knight um, reveal. So it's three quarters big, and it's yeah. it's got the upside down triangle underneath it. So it's exactly the same. I'm I'm having a look back to see if it happens for Stephen Grant. I don't think it does. No, so only um only for Space Knight Mark, and for Classic Moon Knight, it's uh exactly the same panel layout. But that was an awesome reveal as well. As well, him with his uh his ray gun smoking, and and he's got his uh his space helmet on. It's um it's pretty cool. Yeah, and just like I was saying before, it just it honestly just made me so happy. You know, Mark's about to die, and Moon Knight saves him, and then you know, just as their fight. Best friend uh, Stephen Grant comes along, and then uh, to save the day, we have uh, our Space Knight. Yeah, and it's it's like if again, if you compare it to what happened in Incarnations, the arc before it, um, we had them like each of the personalities pretty much invested in their own lives only. You know, like it's all about kind of, um, you know, they were speaking about their memories, and they had a, a particular life. You know that that they lived through. Or that, in you know, in reality, Mark had developed for them, but in in this issue with all the personalities together, there's almost like an acceptance that, uh, okay, look, we are, you know, we are independent, but we are we have to help each other out because, you know, we understand that we're one of the same person. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. So and and that kind of makes it uh, as you said, it was it's kind of that joy that you get from it because you you know that they're kind of thinking it as well like. Classic Moon Knight, um, you know, he's saving Mark from the from the altar, um, and he's prepared to stand by when there are you know guards coming towards them, um, and uh, 
and yeah, um, Stephen Grant even doing his bit. You know, he's not a fighter at all, but he he kind of jogs along in his suit, and he, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's he's done his part. You know, he's he's freed and put, um, and uh, you know he, he accepts that he's in this weird world. You know, no longer thinking, oh gosh, what am I doing here? Shouldn't I be in a studio? You know, so they all kind of accept their role, uh, and and space uh, pilot Mark again as well. Um, you know, doing his dashing thing, he just comes okay. right in, and and he's the escape. Uh, you know, he's the uh, escape driver, or what do you, whatever you call him, <laughs> from the getaway car. <laughs> he's a <laughs> he's the one that actually will pick him up. So, uh, what what I like in that um, reveal shot, Connor, that you showed, uh, that you mentioned with Space Knight Mark, and in that triangle at the bottom, you see a couple of the marks. They're smiling, and I'm sure. Um, Masked Moon Knight is smiling under his mask <laughs> as well, so it's all kind of positive. It's all really good, um, and yeah, I think it's great watching them work together. Mm. What about? about uh, yep. Oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, you go on. Oh no, I was about to say one of your. How about um, the second aspect? Yes. Uh, sorry, I just lost bloody page. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, the point I referenced before in our little um, synopsis that uh. The big uh, there's really only one flashback, and this is a post where we were left off with a uh, Mark meeting Frenchie. They'd gone on obviously a few cases, but uh, they seem to be on a in this uh, in this flashback. They seem to be on a last hit, um, so to speak, uh, chasing down someone called the uh, the lion is with a massive oh, the bounty. The wolf, the, uh, sorry, the wolf, yeah, doggos. Uh, um, and uh, as we go to this flashback, it's very sort of action spy espionage and it's a totally different color palette and we have a uh, mark firing a gun and going uh, into um really sort of the worst parts of the world with just a uh, crime boss is just running the entire scene yeah it's very much uh very street level um really down to earth it reminded me a little bit of uh the born identity for some mm, reason for sure just uh, cuz he's got their little earpiece in there he's 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 getting instructions it's a well well drilled operation uh, and he and he, un- he reveals the um i guess the uh the place where they're manufacturing the drugs uh and and he does it with pretty much you know with with precision so um yeah it was good the the as you mentioned the colors as well when he's actually downstairs uh, in the in the drug factory, it's all kind of got a, a blue tint to it, so it's kind of a darkened area. Um, and the drugs are a bright green for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but it's um, yeah, it's, it's a great little um, a little uh, I guess secondary plot to the comic of uh, uh, this uh, this little mission that they're doing uh, in Saudi Arabia, right? Yes. Yeah. And then. Um yeah, some other fun things. Uh, I like that uh, Mark never shoots to kill. He always hits them in the shoulder. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's very good. Yeah, yeah, true. And, uh, true. There's, a, there's a nice page of banter between um, Mark and Frenchie. Yes, and I have to say there, when they're both smiling at each other, um, I'll mention it again, I think I said it before, uh, Frenchie is very much fashioned after Vince Cassell, uh, mm-hmm. m- must be, uh, who's, a, who's a French actor. A uh, famous French actor who's done a few Hollywood films as well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, but he's um, definitely fashioned after. And, of course, as we mentioned, Mark can only be Greg Smallwood himself <laughs> <laughs> with a lot of the the facial expressions there. So I'm sure Greg Smallwood would have um, taken photos of himself in front of the mirror 
trying to capture those expressions. And uh, there's an interesting conversation with the uh, the wolf that uh, I think just sort of gives a nice little insight that uh, Mark on his mercenary trip, you know, he was never achieving anything. He was just a broken man thinking money would fix his life. And I suppose, you know, just how Concha would destroy his life up to this point that uh, it wasn't until becoming Moon Knight that I guess even the pieces clicked together again. Mm. And uh, the wolf is an, is an older gentleman, so he's obviously a bit, you know, he's got a bit of experience behind him, and uh, he obviously can read Mark's face uh, and, and, and kind of sum up the, the sort of fellow that Mark is. And uh, I believe, I, I reckon it, it kind of uh, rattles him a little. Um, For sure. Because, yeah, because he, know, he knows that um, the wolf is actually speaking the truth. So uh, a, a bit of mind games happening there. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, interesting, interesting point. Uh, yeah, I, sw- I suppose I'll, before we get to your um, next big one, I'll just do a little fun one. Um, it's small, kind of maybe not even should have been an aspect, but I thought it was kind of very noticeable because we haven't seen it up to this point. But there was a very fun use of onomatopoeia where um, uh, in about four different sections, the uh, panels would be um, would be the words in the attack, you know, there's a the oh, panel itself right. reads out thwack as he beats someone. There's a crack as he Moon Knight breaks a uh, a chain and then a, a whoosh as the engine starts off. I thought it was really cool. Um, I don't think you see it before or after this, but it was just something very fun. That is really cool. I actually, to be honest, I didn't really notice that. But that's a, what a great way of um, again showing how innovative um, Small Smallwood and Lemire are with their layouts. Um, but I, I love it how they integrate the uh, the sound effects with the actual panel itself. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I mean, like all throughout the the panels are, are so playful. Still, I mean, typical. Um, Smallwood and in Moon Knight, a lot of triangular panels, which you don't often Those see. Are fantastic. Mm. And uh, and obviously, you know, the Egyptian theme, I, I get it. Um, it's all good. But, you know, not only that, uh, and we've discussed at length before in our panel by panels, the, um, uh, I guess, the use, even the use of white, you know, behind the panels, um, and just, uh, I guess, the arrangement of the smaller panels as well. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of triangles here. Um, I'm seeing, and a lot of close-ups as well. Uh, a couple of eyes again, but not of marks. It's uh, I'm looking at um, one of these guys in Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, so it's um, yeah, quite playful, quite crazy. But I love it. I um, particularly like the thwack, Connor, the because it's got um, Geordie Belair uses a really nice green um, with yeah. the blue. Uh, it's almost I know it almost looks radioactive, but it's uh, really I really like the color. It's, um, it's a nice hue. Uh, and finally, I guess the last aspect, last major aspect, um, oh, actually, before I get into that, um, just, I, well, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say it then, it's one of the big ones. Uh, yeah, the reveal of Bushman at the end. <laughs> so, so Bushman is the, uh, you know, is a big reveal at the end as being the, uh, the boss or the employer of, of Mark and Frenchie. Um, and we see him at the end uh, in in the you know typical Smallwood fashion. He's got that kind of um, he's got his Bushman war paint on, and he's got his gold teeth, looking quite vicious as well. Not as vicious, I think, as the the Houston um, Bushman, who just look 
totally, oh, uh, by David Finch, who just totally looked terrifying. But uh, it's still a surprise to see Bushman, I think, at the end of this, Connor. Mish, uh, Mish, for sure. I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I loved it. I th- Yeah, I mean, I think in the Ho- uh, Houston run, he had his uh, face off most of the time. <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, that's true. Uh, I do love this. I think um, particularly uh, Belair makes those uh, sharp gold teeth and the the reddish pink wall paint especially stick out that sort of grab my face. And, you know, in the last bit, uh, Fren- uh, Frenchie says it was a bad idea to talk to talk to this big crime boss before we knew it was Bushman. And uh, Frenchie was right. And now they're stuck in the position that will forever... Forever re that would forever change Mark's life. Ah, oh, yeah, for sure. They'll um they're going down a, a pretty dark road. Which I guess to be fair, you don't know. They don't know yet. Um, but oh, yeah. at at the same time though, when they open the door and there's this dude who's got face paint on and he's got <laughs> gold teeth, he's sharpening a knife and there are skulls nailed to the wall. Um, you can't. Oh, I don't know. I'd think this guy's. Probably, probably not doing everything, um, you know, <laughs> standard procedure. Uh, <laughs> slightly different pro- protocol, I, I guess. Um, but one of the things I wanted to to point out here was that Smallwood actually gives more of a. Uh, I guess Bushman looks actually more human and real here. Um, if you yeah, if you look at the Houston run and even the um, Vengeance of the Moon Knight run, and and granted, you know, things that happened to Bushman even before his face was cut off. Uh, he does. He does look uh, a little uh, inhuman, <laughs> whereas um, yeah, whereas whereas this one, it's very much very much looks like a guy with with just paint um, on his face, and and you know, obviously sharp gold teeth. But yeah, he's a lot more real. <laughs> he's a lot more real looking, I think. And uh, a bit of a whiskey watch there. Uh, he's got, I think it looks like Hennessy uh, whiskey on the floor there. Yeah. Um, so. He's a, he's a whiskey lover, so I've got to I've got to give him a tick there. <laughs> the only tick uh, he'll be getting from us. Yeah, oh for sure. Look, you know I don't condone anything that he does. I don't condone. I don't nailing... condone whiskey, guys. It's a PG podcast. Get it? Oh, out of, of course, as well. Yeah, my gosh, <laughs> definitely, guys. Do not drink until you are of the legal age, um, and also do not nail skulls to the to the wall <laughs> because uh, it's not a good look. You know, especially if you bring a date or some something with you. Um, Yes, so yeah, that was that was the the big reveal I thought, and one of the main aspects. Um, as for kind of like notes, I just wanted to go back, and I was about I was about to say this before we went into the Bushman reveal. Uh, I just wanted to say one of the big things, obviously, was the return of uh, of Unput to Anubis, oh, and yeah, actually, totally. mm, and that being a big thing that um, Mr. Knight or Moon Knight has actually freed Crawley's soul again, so that that's a pretty big, um, that was a pretty big event that happened uh, in this issue, which is good, so Crawley's, you know, saved again, um, and uh, the other note I thought was, uh, we talked about Mark's personalities working together, um, I just wanted to... Um, Point towards, I guess, when they were parting ways, uh, and Mark's other personalities were saying, "Oh, look, you know, we're not going to come with you, but we'll always be with you." So, yeah. um, I thought that was really, really nice. It, it, it kind of, to me, it kind of closed things off. Like, um, we we understand that you need us, and we'll be there for you, um, but we're not going to try and jostle 
for you know dominance with you as to as to who's a who's a real personality. Um, so they they've you know accepted that they're they're taking a slight backseat to it all, which um which I think is good and shows that Mark's got more control of his personalities. Um, so yeah, so those two um, those two points were were pretty cool. Um, um, I loved. Uh, there's a shot of the um, the uh, the uh, what is it? Uh, moon. What are they called? Mooncraft. I don't know. Oh, the moon jet or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming out of like the water of the um, the overvoid. Fantastic. Oh, yes. And I love yeah. that, uh, that that panel that says elsewhere and then elsewhere. Thought that was funny. Yes, that was very cool play on words, and um, it kind of sums up. The Overvoid, really. Um, yeah. Elsewhere. We've been. Yeah. Time and space is just totally on its head. Um, I didn't notice that thing before with the, the moon jet coming out of the water. And, and, of course, that plays to what we saw in issue 10 with Rebecca a couple of um, episodes ago about how Moon Knight dived right into the Overvoid and how everything was upside down and, you know, the wrong, the wrong way. Um, I think it's great how, actually, to get into the Overvoid, you have to go through this surface, which is kind of like the like, like water, but it's in space. It's pretty cool, and I hope they kind of come back to it somehow, because um, it's, it's a pretty fun pretty fun thing that Lemire's created. <laughs> yeah, so, sure. yeah, Connor, this is going to be um, <laughs> either really tough or really, really easy. Crescent Dart ratings. Um, how do you feel about this one? <laughs> if it was the uh, emotions I went on, I was carried through, uh, it'd definitely be a 7 out of 5. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I mean, it like, you know, it's sort of a, it was a nice big uh, action issue, set up what's going to happen, but we're still on our way to the climax. So I, I mean, probably more a, a 5 out of 5, but yeah, you know, just, just the amount of ex- like excitement my heart went through, the happiness of seeing them, the... Mm-hmm. The crushing defeat of seeing Bushman. It was a. It was fantastic. Seven out of five. See it. Really see good. That. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a. Um, I'll give it a. Yeah, like a, a six out of five as well. It's it's it's, a, it's really weird. I know loonies that we are. You know, we are giving these this really high praise. But um, <laughs> having said that, I think we. I think Lemire's run is very special. So we are looking at something that will be kind of held up. You know, for years to come as a. As a part of Moon Knight's history, so um, having said that, also as well, kind of, I want to, I want to kind of give a, a, f- a fair critique of it as well. So I'm just mindful of that. So, uh, kind of putting you on the spot a little here, but were there any shortcomings from this issue that you could think of, things that could possibly be improved upon, or or things that you felt um, didn't work all that well? Um, is there anything there that you think? Um, yeah, you know, may have detracted from the issue. Um, not overly. I mean, the issue as itself obviously isn't like. I mean, it's an exciting issue, but it, it's not like the most remembered part of the run. It's a real A to B sort of issue. So you know, your mileage will always vary on that. But you know, I really do think you know this comic is honestly like a a masterclass in comic writing and artistry, and so you know, like. I mean, I suppose the problem with us being so excited is we've covered this week to week, you know. It isn't quite as spaced out as the other ones, but, I mean, I do have a lot of this run. I mean, other issues I have a problem with, and, you know, the A to B, like I said, isn't the most exciting. Your mileage might vary in sort of not loving it. 
as much, but yeah, I mean, this sort of really, really played on my emotions, and it really worked. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it definitely. Worked. I mean, I'm not not at all detracting from our ratings. I think I think it's well deserved as well. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a tough one as well. It's part three. It's right smack bang in the middle. Yeah, totally. Mm. I guess if anything, I'm just like, and I may be clutching at straws here. Um, one of the things I I do kind of wish to to see is that we're we're in elsewhere and elsewhere, right? The the overvoid, and we see um, these Egyptian-looking guards and all that. I guess what I'd like to see um, uh, would be the the guy pulling the strings in the overvoid. Like who's 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 the leader of these guardsmen? Um, not, not to say that uh, potentially be revealed in this issue, but knowing where this arc heads towards, um, I guess that's one of the things that I kind of felt a little, a little uh, short-changed on. Um, so, look, so I'll, I'll say that only because like you see more of the guards here, and you see the bloodthirsty crowd. Um, I wonder also as well um, when. When Moon Knight or Mr. Knight is uh, released from his bonds on the altar by classic Moon Knight, uh, why it's only the guards that kind of try and overwhelm them. I would have thought actually that the crowd would have, um, you know, tried to try to um, take them on as well. I guess uh, maybe they're scared because there's two of them. I don't know, but um, yeah. Uh, apart from the lack of a um, reveal of you know, who's part of this overvoid. Because in a, in essence, I think, towards the end of this issue, um, they leave the overvoid. So it's kind of like, well, that's that's all we see of it. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, I definitely get where you're coming from. Mm. Mm. And so it'd be like, oh, but who was... No, who built the temple? Like who? Who <laughs> kind of? Who kind of ordered the execution of Mark? We don't see it. We just see the the guards like taking him away. So yeah, maybe that was that was something. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I um, uh, I was going to say there might be something on the wolf, but no, actually, I think the wolf, uh, the role of the wolf is pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was that was probably it. So, <laughs> anyway, I guess it's just uh, just trying to find, you know, how how we can improve on this. Like even stuff as well. Unput. Um, you know how she's powerless when she's in the overvoid. She's a goddess, right? Um, so these sort of questions, I guess, aren't really aren't really captured. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah, she's obviously not normal. She's got the head of a jackal. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. So um, yeah. Anyway, great, great. We uh, we'll look forward to part four then coming up um, in the next episode. Um, the but before issue. the penultimate issue, we're, gosh, we're getting close, aren't we? It's just. Uh, <laughs> And it's a it's a doozy the last two episodes uh, last two issues so can't wait to get cracking on that. Um, but before we do, we have a second review for Over the Moon, and uh, look, I'll throw it back to to Eve again to give us a um, <laughs> to give us a, a a recap. Take it away, Eve. And there we go again. West Coast Avengers Volume Two, Issue Twenty Nine, Dead Run. Issue 29th of February 1988. The writer is Stephen Engelhart. The penciler is L. Milgram. The inker is Mike Macklin. Colorist Bob Sharon. Gregory Wright. The letterer Bill Oakley. The editor Mark Grunewald. 
and the cover artist L. Milgram and Mike Macklin. <laughs> After the fateful events of the previous issue, the villain Taurus's plans to build his new supervillain team, the Zodiac, is coming to fruition. The Avengers are seemingly dead. In truth, they have escaped the Zodiac dimension that they were caught in last issue. And we see Taurus now actively seeking to recruit. However, an attempt to gain the allegiance of the Shroud reveals the truth. The Avengers are not at all dead, and Moon Knight appears from the shadows. Taurus taunts the silent Moon Knight, but only once the Shroud makes clear that he won't be going with the Raging Bull, Taurus launches his attack on Moon Knight. With a weird star-shaped laser gun firing at Moon Knight, our hero has to make his way to the shadows, and with the support of the Shroud and the voice of Konshu, makes a sneaky counter-attack. However, in the ensuing melee, Moon Knight suffers a mental crisis. All three personalities inside his head calls for their involvement in the fight, but with Mark believing he is but one man, he pushes them deep down into his psyche. Taurus, realizing the pure rage of Moon Knight, makes a desperate attempt to flee as Moon Knight calls out for Conscious help. During the villain's mad escape, stopped at every turn by Old Sheet Face, on a sky cycle, he races down the highway in a stolen car. However, Whilst in a discussion with the voice of Konshu, telling Mark that he needs only be the fist of Konshu and to ignore his other personalities, Moon Knight is shot out of the sky. Taurus realizes that the Avenger has somehow survived again and continues his desperate escape on foot. Elsewhere, the Shroud informs the West Coast Avengers of Moon Knight's personal vendetta, with Hawkeye unimpressed at Mooney for ignoring the team's calls for them to follow him to his location. Believing himself to have escaped the clutches of Moon Knight, Taurus departs in a hijacked plane. But of course, the Silver Avenger is there to do battle aboard the flying aircraft. Moon Knight uses the weight of the two fighters to its advantage, weighing down the plane to one side, only to jump out of the plane and hang off a wing to tilt it to the other side. In an act of madness, Moon Knight then lets go of the wing and goes into free fall, tilting the plane once again. Taurus is thrown off his aim and shoots the wing of the plane, not knowing how to steer the aircraft. Taurus plummets to his death. Moon Knight laments whether this was Conscious' plan all along, and if the Moon God killed Taurus or if the blood is all on his hands alone. Rescue from plummeting to his own death by Iron Man, Moon Knight is brought back to the West Coast Avengers. Even with his gratitude, however, Moon Knight's actions call for disagreement over the nature of killing within the Avengers, and the issue ends with the WCA heading home to discuss the future of the team.
Holy moly. This was a good one. <laughs> this, is a, this is a cool one, Connor, that you picked. Um, I, hope the, uh, I hope the Here We Go Again by Eve was a was a sign of enthusiasm, not a, not defeat. <laughs> uh, I'm sure she was, uh, yeah, no, she, she, she was loving it. I'm sure she was loving every second of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is more of a, uh, wow, this is, you know, obviously an older, older tale, 1988, was it? 87, 88. Um, and, uh, yeah, how do we start? I'll, I'll let you kick off, Connor. This is, um, this was cool. Yeah, this was, a. Um, sort of, this is a really fun issue. I mean, it's an interesting one. It's a, it's a very particular, particular time period, I think, when it comes to it all. Um, the cusp of, uh, the, uh, craziness that would be the 90s, but still, um, very hooked in the, uh, the 80s. Uh, a very Moon Knight-centered focus. He was a, he was a part of the team for about half of the run, possibly, uh, a fourth, you know, and, uh, this was probably his biggest standout. This issue was really all about him. And, uh, yeah, I think, think it's very generous that they actually dedicated, like, this being a very Moon Knight-centric issue. Like, you know, the West Coast Avengers, there's a lot of colourful characters in there. Um, so I wonder if this was a response from the editors to maybe a growing interest in Moon Knight, um, or, uh, conversely, if it was them trying to push a bit more Moon Knight into, into the market. Um, yeah, I think so, because he didn't have a series at this time. This was uh, post the uh, failure of um, the uh, oh. Fist of Conchu. Right, yes. yeah. So he, he did have, yeah, he had his volume one, and then he had the Fist of Conchu. Uh, yeah, and then, he, and then he went missing. So, yep, it's probably, probably the editors or Marvel trying to, trying to keep Moon Knight um, in, the, um, in the thoughts of all the comic readers. Um, but th- this was a, I thought this was a, a well-handled uh, interpretation of Moon Knight. Um, mm. He's very pensive. Like the first we we see of him, he doesn't speak at all, and it's just um, it's just aggressively making aggressively stares. Yeah, just aggressively stares. <laughs> it just makes uh, Taurus more and more angry. Um, and yeah, so he's kind of mysterious. He still he still has his um his updated Moon Knight costume, which was uh, a throwback to the Fist of Conchu uh, volume. So he's got those uh, Egyptian um. Trinkets on there. He's got that huge belt. Uh, he hasn't got the ank, which uh, he had um, hanging around his neck, but he's got the gold bracelets, Connor. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he doesn't seem to have any of the powers, does he? This seems pretty fairly cosmetic. Yeah, I think it's yeah purely cosmetic there. Um, but uh, how about we throw to uh, the first aspect? Uh, yeah, just sort of um, prefacing what would be a crazy run that. Uh our, our big bad that uh, Moon Knight is chasing after is a goddamn idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he is a bit of a... He's kind of like... Uh, kind of sums up his character, right? Like, he's, as the bull. He's, uh, he's pretty stubborn. Bull-headed. Yeah. bull-headed, but he's pretty stupid as well. He was a lot of fun, though, because he was also... Um, he was a very determined enemy for, uh, for Moon Knight, and... Um, to have uh, prefaced for anyone who hasn't read the issue, um, his main sort of bout with uh, Taurus is that uh, Taurus tricked Moon Knight into um, believing he was turning the path of good by um, pledging allegiance to um, uh, the Moon and Conchi, the Moon God, before betraying Moon Knight and the rest of the Avengers, uh, basically. So this issue was a big hunt for, uh, for, for Tauros, and he just would not give up. 
he wouldn't give up. He's uh, he's quite a hardy fella, and he's I don't know much about him. He's uh, he's obviously super strong. Um, I don't know how he how he gets his powers because you see later on. Um, I actually thought at first it was his real face. I thought he was yeah, some right? sort of, yeah. I thought he was some sort of mutant or something. But um, you see him take his his head gear off, and uh, to make matters worse, or to rub salt in the wound, he's got like. It's he's basically a bald guy, but retains his mullet, and he's got a dodgy, dodgy moustache as yeah. well. So he's not the most, uh, you know, he's no he's no oil painting, um, so to speak. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you know his his history at all? Um, not really. He's a part of the Zodiac, which pops up from time to time. Um, uh, reincarnate reincarnation was in um, mo- uh, the most recent Amazing uh, Spider-Man run by Slot. Which is ongoing. Um, yeah, not really. Yeah, let me um, let me try and pull up something here. Because um, I wonder if his his strength comes from the suit. If he's much like the rhino, you know, yeah. or um, or if he or if he has um, some sort of power. Um, um I'll, uh, while you're doing that, I'll vamp for time with my second aspect, which is a uh, really small but really fun. There's a um character in here. Who's uh kind of becomes an interesting part of this uh, zodiac arc that I was looking up, um, called the Shroud. But a little fun fact about him: our very first episode, uh, episode one, not the uh, the first one we uh, we reviewed in Marvel Preview Twenty One. His uh his introduction was in the uh, second part of that. Yeah, that was his his origin. Um, yeah, the Steve, Steve Ditko art. Yeah, and and he's proven to be um quite popular. I mean, even to this day, uh, in the, the Daredevil Mark Wade run, which is uh, not that long ago, he was featured in there again. So he still pops around, he still pops up from time to time. Um, and uh, I, I like him as a character. I think he's quite interesting. He's, um, he's blind as well, but he has uh, some control over, um, I think it's a dark force. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, just actually going back to Taurus, I've, I've just wikied it. And it says actually strength level. He possesses the normal human strength of a man, his age, height, and build who engages in intensive regular exercise. Um, so that's that's really weird because he does seem a lot stronger than you know than your normal man. Obviously, um, those horns are, are, are fairly strong. Like he rips a car door off with those horns. Yeah, it does. It says here in his costume. Um, it says the horns are constructed of an unknown hard material. Um, just making them formidable whip, uh, weapons. So, um, doesn't really say, doesn't really give you much other than, okay, it could be like adamantium or something. It could be pretty hard. But uh, he'd still have to exert a lot of force himself to rip mm. open that car door. So, uh, it's a bit of an odd character, Taurus. But, um, yeah, he, he he gets his just desserts in the end. And um, <laughs> actually, then going back to the Shroud, yeah. Um, did you... What are your thoughts on the Shroud here? It was, it was good that he was actually quite friendly towards uh, Moon Knight and had no intention. He actually gives him the thumbs up. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of encouragement. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, I find his design really strange. He's got... To me, it looks like a bug, you know, on his face. Um, it covers his eyes and his nose, but there's little squiggles on top of it. Um, so he's kind of like a... Uh, he's almost kind of like Cloak in Cloak and Dagger. But... Um, Mm. But he doesn't have much of a role here other than um, Taurus trying to recruit him. Uh, and then it's just basically a, a, a um, cat and mouse game between Moon Knight and, uh, and mm. Taurus. Um, and one of my um, 
one of my aspects here which I thought was interesting was towards the end in the uh in the the plane that Taurus hijacks uh Moon Knight does a very daring thing to actually you know um defeat Taurus uh, and I've got as a as an aspect here Moon Knight's willingness to court death because he um he pretty much jumps to the side of the plane uh, and it hangs off the wing of it like very like a very that's a big thing to do when you're you haven't got any superpowers uh, and he tries to actually use his weight to kind of topple the plane to one side and uh, and disorientate Taurus and Taurus has got this he's got this weird star star gun right <laughs> I've got no idea hang on I, I think that came up in the wiki um, Taurus carried a star blazer handgun which fired intense blasts of stellar energy. So I don't know what stellar energy is, but um, he's got this weird gun. Um, and so what Moon Knight does in order to disorient Taurus, he just lets go of the wing. Um, and Taurus, uh, um, you know, loses his balance and then tries to control the plane and then he crashes to his death. Um, having said that, yeah, I mean... I mean, having said that, Moonlight has got a, a glider cape. So actually, I guess he didn't just drop off the plane going, okay, what's going to happen now? He must have had a plan afterwards. But um, yeah, I, I think I think that's a, I don't know, an interesting aspect of, mm. of Moonlight. It's kind of um the best of both worlds when you have Moonlight on a team. Like, you know, Moonlight in this is a nicer guy to his teammates. You know, he's still, he's still quite grateful at being saved, but still at the same time, you know, this was a very one-sided very you know kind of kind of extreme to call it vicious but i suppose in the end it was pretty pretty violent um fight against the tauros to to get his revenge and it sort of you know shows that as much as moon knight um can be a team player you know he'll always have that side of him the the side of him that you know once died and the side of him that you know is very um calculated and street level and you know yeah very violent and willing yeah, yeah. I mean, he's such a comp. He is really such a complicated character because he's got so many different personalities. Um, but yeah, it, it it makes it very interesting for him to be in a team, uh, like you say. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess because of the the lack of his own series, it's it is uh, you know it is it is partly surprising that he he lasted in a team for so long. He ended, he ends up having a, a relationship with Tigro, yeah. I, yeah, I and then um, he leaves the team. He gets won't um like the team won't stick up for mockingbird after the assault is found out so that's oh cool. yes yeah that's part. yeah it's pretty pretty um pretty noble of him so um yeah and i guess this kind of leads into um the fourth aspect which i thought was the main one of the well it was one of the main focuses for this issue was um was moon knight's struggle with his uh, other personality so in in actually sharp contrast to the lemire issue that we we just did um there's a bit of dysfunction between his um his personalities and uh he's got a multitask because he's got to take on taurus uh, but at the same time he's actually battling his personalities in his head it's it's interesting. So in this uh, in the West Coast Avengers, I, I think it was definitely following um, Fist of Conchu. His personalities were um, he basically just pushed them down, and so his per- personalities reoccurring here is almost like a a rising from the grave trying to get him. And it's um it's interesting that the canon of this uh this run later would be that Conchu is really very much in control more than he ever as has been with Mark in this run 
And so, a lot of this run with his struggle with personalities is getting reassurance from Conchu that, you know, Mark is the only one he needs. If he becomes the fist of Conchu, then he needn't worry about anyone else. So, it's almost like Conchu very much controlling Mark to make sure that the parts of him that make up who he is are, are discarded and, you know, left aside. Yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely leans a lot on Conchu um, in this issue a lot. Like, he talks a lot to him. Um, and, and there's not... Um, no, he, he questions him towards the end, like Conchu, saying, did you want him to die or, or uh, you know, is it, is, it on, is it on my hands alone? Um, but he hasn't got that animosity... Um, towards Conchu that he has later on mm. in the in the volume. So, yeah, there, there's very much a dependence on Conchu, I think, at this stage. And I guess it makes sense um, uh, coming off the back of, of Fist of Conchu as well, um, where, you know, where Mark has those powers and he speaks to those priests and stuff. So there was more of a collaboration. Um, yeah, but... Uh, it's funny. I'm looking at the the end pages where where Iron Man saves him from plummeting to his death, um, and it's just always so weird to see Moon Knight amongst other amongst other heroes, right? They are uh, just kind of so used to him being on his own. It's uh, kind of similar to not so much now, but when you used to see um, Spider Man and Daredevil um, um, as part of a bigger team, because they're they're such lone uh, lone heroes. Uh, it's the same with Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And he never really did regain the rest of his personalities, didn't he? Isn't you know Mark Spector Moon Knight is just Mark Spector, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. It's um, yeah. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, you know, enjoy this issue. Um, so if we go to Crescentarts, Connor. Oh, actually, um, before we go to there, just a little note. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when. When uh, Torres hijacks the plane and he flies off, how did Moon Knight get onto that plane? Did, did you <laughs> right? Yeah, no. There's no explanation. Just there's no explanation. Run yeah. really fast. He must have ran really fast and somehow jumped onto the plane. But uh, yeah, that was funny. I thought like um, Torres thought he was home free, and uh, he turns around and before he knows it, Mark's there. So, <laughs> oh, Moon Knight is there. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, Crescent Arts, Connor, a pretty fun issue overall. But what would you what would you rate this? Uh, definitely a um, uh, a lot of fun. Um, I suppose it didn't um, blow like it didn't blow me away. It was just sort of a lot of fun, you know. I chose to read this one because, you know, I do love this run, but love and sort of that, you know, it's it's dumb, it's fun, wouldn't, like, appear in any favourites list. So I suppose I'd give it um, probably a, a 3.5, you know, like a 7 out, ah. of, 7 out of 10, 3.5 Crescent Darts, you know. It, it definitely wasn't bad or even above average. It's just kind of the fun comic book that you, you know, that you used to refer to the, you know, when someone makes a joke, you know, it's comic books, you know, this is, this is an issue you can make fun of that. And, um, it doesn't add anything to the Moon Knight canon, but it's fun. And I think giving, giving this run a, a read, if you were ever nostalgic for it or want to blast from the past, um, I think definitely check it out. It's, uh, it's on, uh, Marvel Unlimited or at least, you know, most of it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, look, I, I, uh, I share your sentiments as well. Um, uh, we must be on the same wavelength because I, I really was 
genuinely thinking of giving it about a 3.5 as well. Um, 3.5 Crescent Darts. Uh, I was comparing it to, to last week as well when, when we reviewed the Defenders, um, which I gave a lower marking, I think at 2.75. This one's definitely more enjoyable than that. Um, but as you say, it's nothing nothing spectacular. Uh, it, it's fun because it... it I think it, it does reflect the sign of the times there as well. Um, and it's a one and done. So uh, if you mentioned, you know, you pick it up, you can pick it up and it's just like, and it's a pretty, pretty solid just read for one issue. Um, you don't really have to know too much, like too much um, of the characters' histories. Uh, it's a pretty simple plot. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it actually gives a little bit of insight into um, more of the Moon Knight character. So it is actually a good kind of introduction for those who want to kind of know a bit more about Mark Spector. Oh Moon yeah, Knight. true. Yeah, mm, because uh, it does introduce you know he's got these other personalities. Um, uh, yeah, and and uh, it showcases well, you know, uh, it doesn't really showcase any of his. You know, extra abilities other than obviously he's a good fighter and uh, he, he's quite he doesn't give up. Um, so yeah, about about three point five I'd say. Um, it was good and and I think it was handled well how they um, kept the rest of the West Coast Avengers out of it. So it, it's essentially basically a Moon Knight issue. I think it was pretty good. Um, yeah, and you get a picture here. I see of uh, there's there's actually a picture of Wonder Man here as well, which we which who was featured last week, uh, but he has more of his um, more of the uh, better known costume now. So uh, I was on page thirteen, Connor. You can see him there just in the background. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah, he's got the big red W for Wonder Man, but his uh, his his suit is a lot better than it was la <laughs> the last time we saw, which was quite garish. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was a good um, that was a good uh, choice, Connor. I thought it's nice and varied, and and uh, like I mentioned with the personalities, it was a good contrast to how the personalities were treated in the Lemire run. Yeah. So great, great all up. Um, what have we? Oh, so next phase. Next phase. We have uh, Lemire's Moon Knight Volume 8 again, issue 13, the penultimate issue, as Connor said, Death and Birth, it's part four of five. So we are heading towards the end of this, loonies. Um, uh, such a fantastic run from Lemire, and um, I'm so happy we've kind of covered the whole Lemire run um, from the from the get-go, so that's really good. We're nearly there, but we also have a... Um, Another classic issue, and this one is has been chosen by Connor, and it it, it is um it's Priest's Black Panther. So volume three, issue twenty two. Uh, the story is called Nightmare, um, and this one is oh this is a this is a good one. Priest is such a good writer, um, and uh, such a distinct voice. I think with his yeah, writing. Yeah, if you, if you guys haven't read um. Uh, Priest Black Panther, you know, it's it, it, it's one of the greats. It, it it really is when it comes to like you know top Marvel runs, like the you know the 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 classic redefining like what um Charlie uh, Houston's Moon Knight did for Moon Knight. You know, Priest did for Black Panther. It's it's phenomenal. And, you know, it, it's the bringing together of both, and I cannot wait. Yeah, the absolutely the 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 union i guess of uh, of black panther meeting up with moon knight um they both have uh connections with with the dead um black panther 
can can visit. Um, what does he visit, Connor? He can he can communicate with the dead, um, and uh, and Moon Knight obviously having been resurrected um, from death by by Conchu. So uh, there's uh, there's a, a big connection there. And Priest, oh gosh, he he. Is a uh, is a writer loonies. If you haven't read it yet, and as Connor said, just to go a bit further on, uh, initially he's actually a little, maybe a little difficult to to lock into, like just his um his type of writing, because it is quite different from your typical comic book writers. But once you lock into that style, uh, it's it gets so addictive actually reading his stuff. And he was lucky enough to do a massive run on Black Panther, so he had a huge canvas in which he could create and develop these characters and he's it's one of the seminal runs of Black Panther so um, all too happy to review issue 22 which I believe Connor you mentioned um, is has like has the most Moon Knight right there, there are a couple of parts to it yeah it's a um, it's the very least I think it's a, it's a three issue or four issue arc and this is the uh, third issue of it but it, it's very much very uh, the most uh, Moon Knight centred yeah, great, great. Can't wait to to look look into that. I think it's drawn by Sal Voluto as well, who um, just a bit of trivia. He does most of um, Priest's Black Panther run, but Sal Voluto actually uh, um, drew a lot of um, Mark Spector Moon Knight. Oh wow, uh, cool. Yeah, so you actually uh, he did that earlier. So you'll see a. Uh, um, if you look, Looney's in the Mark Spector Moon Knight um, comic series. You'll see an earlier, a younger Salvaluto art uh, artwork in there. But uh, his his artwork in Black Panther is phenomenal. So it's uh, can't praise it highly enough. Um, if we go on to our spectacle, which are our shout outs, I wanted to shout out um, also again, Vengeance Unbound, um, which is a, a Ghost Rider um, podcast. Uh, they gave us a bit of a shout out, Connor. I'm not sure if you've heard their latest episode, uh, Canadian Bacon, but um, <laughs> it's, it's funny these guys. They're they're really good, but they give us a, a shout out. So I uh, just wanted to shout out as well, like um, and 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 kind of echo their sentiments that um, if you really do love your vigilantes and street level heroes and uh, that Marvel Knights. Um, <laughs> check out Vengeance Unbound. Uh, it's a really cool podcast, um, and as they say, look, we do pretty much the same thing, um, but they do the same thing with Ghost Rider, so really, really fun. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's like our, um, like, uh, like those enamel pins were made for our uh, burgeoning love. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's funny. I had to tweet that to them, and um, yeah, they, they, they found that quite, quite cool, too. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Fantastic yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's re- really fun. Uh, any other shout-outs you want to give, Connor? Or um, we're, we're no, pretty quiet on my front. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, actually, to um, Serious Issues, actually. They've been giving us a couple of shout-outs. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Of course. Yes, thank you so much, Serious I Issues. I knew I was forgetting someone. I'm so bad. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm probably forgetting someone as well. Love you all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. We we share the love. Um, but if you yep, if you love comics and want to know the latest with all the new comics every week, Serious Issues is a fantastic podcast um, hosted by Andrew Levins and Siobhan Coombs, um, and they go through basically God fifty plus oh. issues every week. They read them all and they review them all, um, so you um, will not miss a thing. Um, so go check them out. Um, and that about wraps us up for this one, Connor. 
Yeah, awesome stuff. Um, I guess, finally, where can they find us, Connor? You can always find us uh, at our website, uh, www.intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. Uh, you can email us with any uh, questions, thoughts, um, ideas, topics, whatever. You know, we've got a we've got a pretty consistent review lineup with a you know a new and classic issue. But once we hit our uh, once a month uh, Bemis run, we'll always be wanting topics and ideas for coverage. So pop those in. Um, find us at Facebook. Our Facebook page is www.facebook.com/itkmoonnight. Uh, our amazing group every day. Getting more members. It is a fantastic, loving community. Just chatting Moon Knight. Violent Vigilante with the best of people in that group. www.facebook.com slash groups slash into the night. Uh, Twitter, uh, you can add us. Um, DMs are open. Uh, ITK at ITK Moon Knight. We're also on Instagram, Tumblr, and YouTube. Search for Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. We'll be there. And finally, hear us on all good podcast catchers. Yep, we're on there somewhere, so I'm hoping that we, um, yeah, that we reach you somehow. Um, but you can always look, yeah, if you just if you go to our website, um, WordPress website, uh, we've got all the relevant links there. So once again, thank you so much, Loonies, for for listening and joy, joining us on this uh, this episode twelve. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any any last words, Connor? Uh, not really. Thank you all for joining us. Excellent. Um, and uh, uh, let's sign off with... <laughs> May Conchu look after... Watch over. Look after... Say, <laughs> say goodnight to the denizens of the night. Goodbye, everyone. See you later. Catch ya. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.